on today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. And so that's kind of where my side passion started, where I had to make that, I had to make a lot of healthier life choices. And I had to make that those 80 milligrams of caffeine last all day. And so I became fascinated with what nature and science had to offer beyond caffeine for, for energy. Turns out it offered, there's, there's a lot. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Swan. I am the creator behind Real Foodology, which of course started as a food blog 10 years ago, and it is now morphed into an Instagram page and more recently, this podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would ask if you could please rate and review. It helps me so much. It helps the show to get out to more ears, which is ultimately what my my hope is so that we can spread uh, more health and wellness information and hopefully just help more people to feel really good in their bodies because ultimately that's my goal. I just want everyone to feel good, know how to nourish their bodies in ways that work the best for them. And like I said, the goal ultimately is just to feel really good in your body. So I'm so glad that you guys are here. On today's episode, I speak with James Beshera. He is the founder of Magic Mind. If you have been listening to my podcast for a little bit, you have probably heard me talk about Magic Mind. It is a nootropic or nootropic. We actually talk about this in the podcast, how to actually pronounce it. And apparently there's a lot of different ways to pronounce it, but it is a nootropic that I take every single morning alongside my coffee. And what it does is it really helps you, it helps boost your cognitive function, which means that it helps with memory. It helps with productivity and just overall brain wellness. I really can't speak highly enough of magic mind And I sound like an ad right now, and I'm so sorry for that, but it's truly a product that I love and I use every single day, and I've really seen a difference in my own cognitive function, in my health. And now I'm a super fan after recording this episode with James. He is incredible. He's so knowledgeable in this area of nootropics and really all the science that's coming out right now uh, around cognitive function, things that we can do in order to boost it. We go into great detail, many different things that you can do in order to improve your everyday life and more importantly, improve your cognitive function and just your overall health. I really, really enjoy this episode. I feel like I say this every week, but I'm very excited for you guys to hear this. Um, He's very knowledgeable and I feel like I left this episode with a grasp on a few things that now I should be um, implementing into my everyday life to really help me with my overall productivity and and cognitive function. So I'm very excited about this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Let's just, let's get into it. Oh, before we get into the episode, I almost forgot to share with you guys. James actually gave me a code. If you want to try Magic Mind, your first purchase is actually going to be 40% off. So make sure that you use code CourtneyFriends at magicmind.co so you can try Magic Mind today. Okay. So James, I... I want to start out this conversation talking about, well, actually, okay, first of all, I need you to correct me on this because I don't know how to pronounce them properly. Is it nootropics or nootropics? It is so interchangeable, but yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, there's, I say nootropics. Most okay. of the academic crowd say, they'll actually say nootropics. Oh, I've and heard that you too. have somewhere in between that will try to sound st- smart, but get it wrong is, uh, is nootropics. So okay. I just go for nootropics. And that's the most, I think, I think the way that you would phonetically read it, it looks like nootropics. That's where I go with. Yeah. Okay. I like that. We'll go with nootropics then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for people listening, 
what exactly is a nootropic? Or actually, let's back up. First of all, why don't you give everyone a little bit of background on you and Magic Mind and what you do? All right. The 30-second version is I am an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years or so, almost 15 and just building businesses, failing a lot. My 20s were just failure after failure, but failing up and going bigger and more ambitious each time um, and having my ass handed to me each time. But it was like a PhD in entrepreneurship. And uh, and then I also ended up developing a, a love. Well, I ended up with a heart condition, actually. Um, so it started with heartbreak, but I had a heart condition uh, from drinking six to seven cups of coffee every day and way too much. Oh, I, I, yeah, it's uh, spoken like a true addict. When I went to the ER with heart palpitations, the doctor said, with your condition, you really can't drink more than 80 milligrams of caffeine a day. And, uh, and I was like, is that three cups, four cups of coffee? And he was like, no, that's a half a cup of coffee. This is about eight years ago. And I was like, like a true addict. I was like, there is, I mean, after hearing I had a heart condition, after hearing I was going to have to go and uh, within the hour have my heart shocked back into rhythm after hearing that I was going to have to be on medication um, after that and probably need a surgery, none of that mattered compared to him saying, you know, tomorrow you really can't have more than half a cup of coffee. And I was like, there is no freaking way I can get through 15 meetings a day. Uh, I was running a company of about 50, 60 employees at the time. And I was just like, I was just like, there's no way. And so that's kind of where my side passion started, where I had to make that I had to make a lot of healthier life choices, and I had to make that those 80 milligrams of caffeine last all day. And so I became fascinated with what nature and science had to offer beyond caffeine for, for energy. Turns out it offered, there's, there's a lot. Wow, that's such a cool story. It's interesting. A lot of companies start um, with stories like this where someone has a health scare or there's something that they want that they can't find and so they have to make it themselves. And I just, I love stories like this so much. It's so cool. So for everyone listening, what exactly is a nootropic? So yeah, in the, in the term, um, I'll, you can pronounce it any, any which way that you want. And I say nootropic um, because it's just, it just, you know, tropical. It's a little bit more fun. And I do think that it's where most people are, are saying it. So I'm kind of just skating towards the puck. But the a nootropic is, is a compound that improves cognitive function. So that's the classical definition. And, and the, the, well, the true classical definition is improves cognitive function safely. Now it's been expanded. It's kind of ever expanding it to include all kinds of different compounds that can improve cognition, even some really harmful ones um, and some really dangerous ones that people will take and they'll have an 8, 10, 12-hour sprint and then recover from that for two days. But uh, those things get lumped into, into this broader category of, of nootropics. That was going to be one of my questions because when I have researched these in the past, I was really shocked to find that um, in the description of them that there are also prescription ones because I always thought, I always considered them as um, you know, smart drugs that were natural, didn't have a lot of side effects, and really were just like boosting cognitive function and mental capacity and all that. And so I didn't even know. So there's prescription drugs now that you can, that are classified as that as well? Right. Yeah. It's, it, now there are. And again, classically, um, they, 
they probably wouldn't be. The term was coined in the 70s. Classically, they probably wouldn't be considered nootropics, but now it really is this catch-all for anything that can improve your cognition, and sadly, including um, unsafe unsafe and, and I think wildly dangerous uh, compounds, which happy to talk about, or uh, yeah. prescriptions that oftentimes get abused, um, things like Adderall. And, and I think anyone that's in you know the age range of 18 to 35 knows knows a handful of people that have, um, have sadly gone into abusive cycles with things like Adderall, or we all just know friends that have taken it from their roommate or their college friend or their work friend and yeah and and just didn't uh didn't think that it was you know it's uh didn't think that it was worth getting a doctor's prescription for and and so yeah those are those are often included as well yeah yeah i mean and it's scary too because i feel like adderall is just um you know like you said people don't even really think about it they steal it from their friends they take it as a party drug or they're just like getting it from friends to study or whatever and no one i'm well a lot of people talk about it but i feel like people don't really understand the effects of adderall on the body it's really scary i also know friends like not trying to call anyone out but i have girlfriends that take it to maintain their weight which is really sad yeah. and scary um yeah it's a I th- yeah, there there is a better way. There's a more sustainable way. Um, amphetamine salts. So you know, anyone taking Adderall, that's amphetamines, and and so that is very close to um, chemically very close to methamphetamines. And you're taking it from a bottle, and it's in a pill, and so you feel like, oh, this is this isn't like methamphetamines, and it's not. But what chemically is. speaking, it's it's in the area code, especially when people are abusing it. It is. Um, there's so many different things that we could talk about. I think the biggest one that I try to highlight for folks is when you are uh, abusing, and, and again, this isn't under safe dosages or a responsible doctor. I do think we are just a sidebar. I do think after the opiate crisis, and now I think we're starting to become more fam- more familiar with the, the benzo uh, crisis of overprescription of, of benzos and the incredible addictive nature of of benzodiazepines uh, for for anxiety, which also has a whole host of really safe, natural alternatives that people can start with first. Happy to talk about those as well. Yeah, let's dive uh, into those. When and, you're and done. Then, well, and then that third bucket, which is uh, Adderall, I think that's uh, I think there's this. We're going to wake up in five years, and there's going to be so many headlines about Adderall uh, abuse, and it's. It's sad. The thing that I talk to people most about is just um, there's a difference between feeling like you got it going on and actually have it to where you have it going on. Adderall makes you feel like you got it going on. You're going to write, spend an hour on that 12-line email that people are going to read for 30 seconds and feel like, why wasn't this two sentences? But also, um, the worst that I see is, uh, and people are starting to recognize this more and more, it's kind of like once you know uh, what it looks like when your friends are drunk, you're like, oh, that person's drunk, and it's like second nature. Now I think people are waking up to, at least when I was at working at, at a large tech company, <clears throat> after we sold my last business, I could just recognize it where I'd be in a meeting with someone and the complete inability to listen and the desire to talk, talk, talk was, um, it was so evident, okay, this person's on something. This other person's on something. This person, and uh, and so it's it actually makes for a really terrible coworker because 
They just cannot listen during uh, during a meeting, during dialogue. Yeah, and like a not so great friend or you know right. partner because you're just like they're just talking at you instead of having a, a dialogue, having a conversation. Right, and they're going to leave that in. They're going to leave the meeting and work, or they're going to leave the the friend interaction and feel like, wow, that went amazing. That was great. <laughs> so great to see Courtney. And you're going to be like, whoa, Susie was a little too wired, and that was kind of a beating. Yeah, it's like, whoa, okay, did not hear me at all. That was not a productive conversation. But yeah, they right. leave being like, man, I just killed it. You're like, well. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a, one of my favorite podcasts uh, that I love listening to, a comedian's podcast. He had someone on, um, a guest that was clearly on something. And, and they had talked about actually, no, it was Adderall, because they had talked about being prescribed Adderall and it being game-changing the year before. And the the podcast episode was just I I wish the sober version of that person could listen to it because it was not game changing it was just like <laughs> a train running over the comment section was just filled with people being like what is it? the host barely got a word in and it was just an onslaught uh, instead of a conversation <laughs> that okay so maybe Adderall is good for a solo podcast episode because then you can just <laughs> and then <laughs> let it run <laughs> yeah exactly exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he, th- that other yeah. bucket that if you are interested, that other bucket of um, of anxiolytic prescriptions or anti-anxiety yeah. prescriptions, I think benzodiazepines are uh, they're they're worth talking about uh, for a few reasons. One of which I think is just we're not talking enough about um, the downstream effects, the the uh, addictive properties, extreme withdrawal symptoms, mm. but also. Um, I'm sure you've talked about adaptogens before, and yeah. and for your audience, um, adaptogens being a natural alternative to their natural anxiolytics, um, things like ashwagandha, rhodiola, mosaic, um, L-theanine, things that decrease stress naturally, um, or something like ashwagandha. One of the one uh, one of I think one of the coolest properties of any. I wrote a book called uh, Beyond Coffee. Um, a few years ago, this is before creating Magic Mind, and in long story short, uh, one of my favorite aspects of the research was finding this. Uh, it's early research, but research showing that something like ashwagandha, which is uh, adaptogenic, which decreases anxiety, it is um, it has reverse tolerance where you need less of it over time. Oh, I haven't heard that. That's yeah, interesting. So th- right. So that's I wish more I wish more compounds had that profile where you need less yeah. of it over time. And, and certainly things like Xanax or uh, Benzos don't have that. Yeah, I mean, it's the opposite. Don't you usually have to build it up after a while? I'm not super right. familiar with those kind of drugs. Yeah, well, and the cool thing about adaptogens is they quite literally, they do what they're called. They adapt to your body and your specific needs. So like someone like me who has a little bit more low-grade anxiety throughout the day, um, I'm going to probably need a little bit more and it's going to affect me differently than someone that maybe has a different thing that they're trying to, um, yeah, that they're trying to fix. And so that's what's so cool about it is it adapts to whatever your body's specific needs are, which is why I love adaptogens so much. Cause it's, it's all, it's like they're bio-individual. They're like tuned into your biology specifically and what you need. Right. Really and cool. I, and I would, you know, for in the, the, the caveat that um, with all of this is to consult your doctor if you're going to yeah. go down this path. And and um, I'm certainly not advocating that people just add more to uh, a morning or daily routine if it's unnecessary. But um, to your point, it was interesting. I got started in this path 
of figuring out how do I make this 80 milligrams of caffeine last all day? Because I thought caffeine was, I thought, you know, the 27 emails that I need to reply to um, at 5 p.m. in a given day, I thought that was like one Red Bull away from getting done. Having no idea that it actually, you know, the caffeine does have a dopaminergic effect. It does release a little dopamine and, and, um, and so it can make you feel good. That dopamine release will only last like 30 to 40 minutes. So you're obviously going to be awake for much longer than that. It's going to have that alertness effect for much longer. But the, uh, the thing that I realized two years, three years into, into all of this research of how do I make this caffeine last as long as, as possible? How do I get more energy out of the day? I realized that it was actually the, one, of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest inhibitors towards my productivity was this low-grade pervasive anxiety that I had that you're touching on as well. And yeah. it was the anxiety that prevented me from wanting to jump into those 27 emails or the the three big to-do list items that I needed to knock out that day, or God forbid, you know, a 15 to-do list item day. Um, whenever those would pop up, I would just want to shut my computer and go take a nap. And it wasn't because yeah. I needed caffeine. It was this pervasive anxiousness. So when we designed, um, when when I started to work on Magic Mind just out of my kitchen, and the, the formula, really, it had no brand to it or anything. It was just these uh, ended up becoming these these 12 compounds and and these synergistic dosages. Um, but basically, I realized that a few years in, that it wasn't about caffeine, it wasn't about increasing energy. Half the ingredients in my morning ritual are about decreasing decreasing stress um, naturally and and sustainably. And it was that was such an eye opener. Maybe you, you've seen that. It sounds like yeah. you've seen that, but it was such an eye-opener that procrastination, and now the science is bearing this out, is due more to anxiety than it is to energy or lethargy. You know, and the irony of all of this is that caffeine consumption just raises anxiety. I mean, for me, I can't have right. more than one cup a day because then my anxiety goes through the roof. And you're right. Then, you know, if my anxiety is through the roof and I'm jittering, I can't focus. And then the last thing I can do is like focus on an email or do something productive because I'm like, my heart is beating out of my chest. That's right. Yeah. So caffeine spikes your cortisol. And yep. the, uh, it's, yeah, that I think that relationship to stress, compound relationship with uh, in your morning routine or your daily routines, relationship to stress, and um, and this relationship of stress and productivity, I'd say that was that is uh, one of the biggest eye-opening aspects of this research, and and that's why the the book is called Beyond Coffee: A Sustainable Guide to Nootropics. Um, uh oh, I went to the academic uh, pronunciation: nootropics, adaptogens, and mushrooms. And the reason that it is a book around nootropics, adaptogens, and mushrooms is because this sustainable approach to a to you know today's work environment, a knowledge worker, a creator, they really it's very different than it's 1943 and you're a factory worker and three cups, four cups of coffee is fine. It's a repetitive manual task versus today. I'm sure your inbox, every email is in a different lateral direction. And, and so that creativity, uh, not only does caffeine really limit lateral thinking um, versus some of the other compounds um, that are out there, but also it's spiking to, to exactly your point. It's spiking your cortisol, body stress hormone, and, and having that unintended consequence that nine out of 10 people have no idea 
that uh, that that extra cup of coffee or that single cup of coffee has this uh, this biological detriment when it spikes your cortisol. This is so interesting. And you brought up such a great point because we've really, as a society, we've changed so much. Our needs have changed so much. Um, it's not just, you know, we're not like on the farm now doing repetitive things. It's like we're we're constantly having, our brains are on, we're having to be more creative and more productive in different ways than we were before. So it's interesting that, you know, we've been relying on coffee for so long and we haven't really, we're starting to catch up now, but it's interesting that it, it seems to have taken us a long time to get to this place. So I'm really curious. So you're, okay, so you find out you have this heart issue and you have to go down to 80 milligrams of caffeine. What did you start doing? Like, how did you start finding these um, specific compounds? What was kind of your process and how did you ultimately land on Magic Mind? The the process was kind of an, uh, a complete audit of everything that I was doing to to understand well why do I need six seven cups of coffee a day what what are the underlying reasons of why I think that that's okay and good I mean at the time I was like hey every once in a while I read a study and whatever CNN money saying five cups of coffee is fine and I had no I was you know scientifically illiterate so I'm like oh CNN money says this and they're citing some stuff uh, some you know some study that is um, now I look back at these studies, and it's like it's a six-week study, and it's um, it's produced by the Coffee Farmers of America. Exactly. Uh, of it's America paid by, exactly, I right. know it. <laughs> and so it, and now you know, you, I really look at these studies with uh, with much more scrutiny. But the so the complete audit, it, it was like, okay, this is going to be so drastic that I can't just lean on this crutch, which is caffeine. So the... Everything that I kind of flipped on its head started with sleep, and 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 really, this is um, core to to any conversation I have around these things. That the key to productivity measured in weeks and months and years, not productivity measured in hours or you know a four hour sprint, but productivity measured in in months and years. It it starts with, and it's in this this prioritized order. It's um if if listeners are interested, they can Google mental wealth and see a, a post that I that I wrote on mental wealth. And it's um, sleep, diet, exercise, stress management, and then exogenous compounds like coffee, like your prescription of Adderall, like uh, something like uh, L-theanine, any of these, or a nootropic like. Bacopa, Maneri, any of these weird or any of these really standard things, they should be fifth on the list. And and if you, if you want, I can go through the quick pro tips um, that for me worked wonders. Yeah, for each. So um, in the bucket of sleep, went and saw a sleep doctor. The best. This is probably the best professional personal advice I ever got in my life, because so many things start to just align and come together after she told me to wake up every morning at the exact same time. And, and so much about sleep, we think, is the, the night before, the afternoon before, turning off blue lights. And, and, and actually, so she said, wake up every morning at the exact same time um, for two reasons. Your circadian rhythm is 24 hours. Circadian rhythm isn't while you're asleep. It's not circadian uh, for, for the eight hours that you are asleep, but it is your 24-hour circadian rhythm. Um, and the other thing was your biological hormonal clock of releasing melatonin at the same time and, and honestly release cortisol in the morning. 
So releasing cortisol in the morning to help wake you up. And so she, I thought it was going to be about a routine of going to bed. And so she just said the first thing was try it for eight days straight. Um, and by the ninth day, you probably will be able to wake up without an alarm clock. And you'll be able to feel like you're in a groove within 15 minutes of waking up. And that sounded like heaven to me, especially because I would wake up at 7 a.m. one day, 9 a.m. another day, 11 a.m. on the weekends. And it was just, my body had no idea what tune it should be in for, for waking me up. And then I would sleep in till 11. I'm sure you've seen this, where you sleep in and then you're groggy oh, instead yeah. of like feeling well-rested, right? I do this sometimes now because I'm bouncing around so much that I, yeah. And, and your cortisol is just, has no idea your natural biological alarm clock has no idea to release and and wake you up naturally so you sleep past you kind of brute force past that alarm clock and then you don't have that cortisol um, that natural cortisol when you are trying to wake up three hours later so anyhow she said wake up every morning at the same time and you know there's some mental calculus of what time works for for you to be or to where whoever's listening to this can can figure out what is the right time for both their work day or you know their work day routine and their weekend routine but once i figured that out oh my god it was it was like religion to me it's like okay i'm going to wake up every by day nine i just felt amazing i was never a morning person courtney i i actually in college i never had a class before 11 a.m because i hated yeah i hated the morning now i wake up at 6 a.m on the dot uh, 607 on the dot for some reason it's just 607 feel amazing by 6 30 go to bed at we have two kids so now i indulge and go to bed at like we're in bed at like 8 30 but i feel just and we don't fall asleep for uh you know for an hour or so but i feel amazing uh, when i'm waking up in the morning in it at a time that would have been ungodly to me um you know years prior so that's pro tip on sleep um and you can read several books on sleep but that's the pro tip that that i tell people uh changed the game for me around energy management Second thing is um, around um, diet. The biggest pro tip around diet, I actually, um, and, and I talk about this in the book, but the research is bearing this out more and more. It's not, there's so much, that, again, for all of these buckets that you could read 15 entire books on it. Um, but uh, the biggest pro tip on diet is to not drink alcohol before bed. And, and that going to this kind of laddered up prioritization of sleep first each uh, so for a male, three drinks before bed will decrease the sleep their quality of sleep on average by thirty nine percent. For females, it's two drinks will decrease your quality of sleep by thirty nine percent. Which that's that's like you think you got eight hours, but you got five, or you yeah. think you got six and you got three and a half. It's it's pretty uh, radical statistic. So that and so if you are going to drink before, um, you know, if you're going out, drink at five and six and being, you know bed at 10 or 11, but don't have anything the, the last few hours before going to bed. The third thing is, uh, is exercise. Super Exercise is one of the most amazing mood boosters. It's one of the most amazing cognitively improving things that we can do, and it's free, and there's so many other downstream effects. Um, but, uh, but yeah, 20 minutes of, of extremely uh, stressful aerobic exercise three times a week. So super, all of these things that I'll tell you about in all five buckets, they take up about, it's about an hour a week. You know, so a 200 plus hour week. It's only an hour to uh, to really focus on these things. And you can, there's, 
we're we're going to start the study on this, implementing this uh, over 15 days um, in about two months. But the study is aiming to prove the productivity benefits you get from these five things within 15 days. And I have a feeling the study is going to show that people are twice as productive. Wow. That they're hitting, and, and there will be a few um, a few markers that are created for the study. But anyone listening to this can just try it and say, like, are you, are you hitting inbox zero by 3.30 each day or things like that that yeah. you would notice subjectively. So then uh, fourth is, is stress management. And the biggest stress management uh, technique that, that I, there's so many and there's so many good ones and I probably am tinkering with a handful every once in a while. Uh, but uh, uh, in a given day. But the biggest one that I recommend is just gratitude journaling um, each morning. I don't know if you've tried, have you ever tried? I imagine you've tried gratitude journaling. I have. Yeah, it's great. I got out of the habit of it recently and I need to get back into it, but it really does make a difference. Yeah, it's it's something that the reason that um, I found myself recommending it to, to people as the, and folks at uh, in in Silicon Valley would see me as the the nootropics guy, but I would I would be recommending these other things, uh, even more, in case of point in this conversation, even more than um, than you know, which pill or powder someone should take. But the uh, the reason gratitude journaling is so um, I think it's so powerful is because it's so easy. Anyone listening to this can start it like right now for thirty seconds. Jot down five things that they're grateful for, and it starts to rewire the patterns that you make in your mind for observations towards the positive, towards the grateful. And it's, anyone can do it. You don't have to take a class on it. You don't have to download an app, pen and paper. So simple. Versus things like uh, breath work, versus things like meditation, which as a software uh, entrepreneur, the retention on meditation, even 10 minutes of daily meditation, 30 days in is probably 2%. You, know, wow. you recommend it to yeah. someone and just very few people will stick with it 30 days yeah. in. But I found 30 seconds. If you say 30 seconds of gratitude journaling, you end up spending two or three minutes. You end up writing down six, seven, eight, ten things. And um, it's such a great part of my morning routine. And it's uh, it's just, like I said, it, it rewires the brain right in the beginning to start to notice the the positive things. And then you see these lists day after day. You see, I'm sure you saw it. You see 10 yeah. things. Like, oh, I'm worried about X, but I've got 10 things that I'm grateful for. This is a very cool, you know, contrast to thinking there's one big thing that is going wrong. You start to see the 10 things going right. And then and then fifth is the stuff that everyone wants to talk about, which is the, um, the pills, the powders, the herbs, the compounds, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I, that was one of my questions. Can we, let's talk about some of them. What are some of the popular uh, new tropics that people like to take and that are effective? Sure. So there's, there are a few buckets of why you take a certain, a certain compound. Um, the most popular is caffeine, but I think one of the things that, that is surprising to most people is that caffeine doesn't actually give us any energy. It uh, just blocks our adenosine receptors that tell us we're building fatigue, that you're building fatigue biologically. So you don't feel the fatigue building. Then those neuroreceptors, the, um, the actual adenosine receptors open back up, the caffeine wears away, and all of that fatigue that's been building up just rushes in. But it again, it doesn't give us any energy. It's just, it's just like turning off the check engine light on your car, thinking you fixed the engine. And I had no, I mean, eight years ago, that was, by the way, like a, 
overarching statement on this was eight years ago, I thought if there's anything better than coffee, we'd know about it with seven and a half billion people on the planet. Everyone loves coffee. There's no chance there's anything better. Now, you know, eight years later, um, 240 studies in, in our book, Beyond Coffee, and, and just eight years of looking at it. Now, I think the exact opposite is true. The chances that we're all still drinking coffee uh, for our morning routine in 20 years is I put it at 0% because there's really? just just too much science. There's too much understanding. Um, there's too many alternatives that nature gives us for a better a better morning ritual. And and anyone can buy Magic Mind, try it out and tweet me and, and I'll give a full refund if it doesn't. I'm just so uh, pumped about that the formula because it re- everyone's skeptical and I just know this stuff. It works. Um, it works. And I'm it, a big fan. Yeah. That's Oh, awesome. Awesome. So I actually, I drink one before every podcast that I record. No way. Yeah. Awesome. It's like Courtney, part of well, my podcast routine. <laughs> oh, that's killer. Well, I'll, um, I'll send you some, some free ones for, for mentioning that. Um, the, but yeah, so that's the checking, you know, turning off the check engine light versus improving the engine. Then the next question is, well, what are the things that can improve the engine? Well, the body's fuel currency is it's called ATP, and it's made in the mitochondrial parts of our cells. And and to increase the production of ATP, it's two big things that I that I tell people. The first would be actually exercise. Well, it's not just like for losing weight; it actually will improve your your body's production of the full current fuel currency. It gives you energy. So if you haven't been if you haven't had a strenuous workout for you know twenty straight minutes in the last three four months, and you're fatigued. Uh, fatigue, then that's one of the simple, again, all of the those things that I mentioned add up to an hour out of uh, a 260-hour week. So if you, if you can't afford that to double your productivity, then, um, then you know, something else going on. But the, uh, <laughs> but the things that can also improve production of increased uh, ATP production would be things like cordyceps mushrooms. And cordyceps mushrooms will improve ATP production. And it's something that takes seven, eight days for it to start to kick into full effect. And so I think, you know, I think we had access and certainly um, folks have been have been making cordyceps mushrooms uh, teas for hundreds of years. But if you go back 400 years ago, when we in the mainstream uh, West, when we started to drink coffee, the subjective experience, the reason I think we're drinking it all today is the subjective experience without the science would tell you 30 minutes in, whoa, this stuff is giving me energy. And we wouldn't have the scientific understanding that, no, actually, if you drink this other stuff seven, eight days straight, then you'll actually have more energy. It's just not going to be as immediate. But you actually scientifically will be producing more energy versus blocking uh, the signal that you're tired and then you have a crash. You don't have a crash with cordyceps. It's so interesting. How do you feel about mixing these things with coffee? Because this is what I do. I generally have cordyceps and reishi in my coffee every morning. Yeah. Do you feel like that is... That's, yeah, that's totally fine. Caffeine is... It's one hell of a drug. So caffeine is helpful. And it is and it is so powerful uh, in how it operates and, and uh, blocking the adenosine receptors. But... Uh, one, there is the benefit of of taking things that that actually build up the ATP. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is you build up a tolerance to that coffee in about thirty days, and so if you have like my parents, for example, they drink, they've been drinking two cups of coffee every day for fifty years, 
And a long time. <laughs> mathematically, yeah, for 49 years and 11 months, they've just been in maintenance mode instead of actually getting more out of their out of their day. But it's also nice psychological crutch. It's um it is a warm cup in the morning. It's something to look forward to. When you're going to bed at night, you know, and especially right when you wake up, that's when your withdrawal of uh, of pretty addictive substance is the strongest. So it, you know, there's there's yeah. some benefit to maintaining uh, the addiction. I just think we will you moving towards reishi and and cordyceps in the same way that you move towards that. Maybe in the last few years, maybe in the last decade, a decade from now you probably will have um, something to where caffeine's a part of it, but maybe it's it's 15% of the equation versus a third or 60% of your morning ritual equation. So yeah, cordyceps is, is, is a big one. Um, I also think the type of caffeine is key. So I love matcha green tea uh, because of two things. One, it has a lower caffeine count, so it's uh, it's just not it's not a massive jolt, and for me, it actually uh, a full cup of matcha is about eighty milligrams of caffeine, but it's a lower caffeine count. Uh, first off, but it's higher than green tea. Green tea just wasn't strong enough for me, but matcha green tea, which is the whole green tea leaf, um, was stronger. It also has about one hundred and forty times the antioxidants of regular green tea or coffee because you're you're drinking the whole leaf. But the other really cool thing, the uh, two really cool things about matcha is, um, so it has a sufficient amount of caffeine where you feel it, you feel a real buzz, but it also has L-theanine in it naturally to decrease your body's cortisol spike that happens with the caffeine consumption. The other cool thing, this is really research, a really recent research in the last year and a half, is that um, we're starting to see that uh, people have talked about caffeine and matcha as having a longer absorption rate but we didn't really know how. And uh, the science is starting to bear out that it's because the caffeine molecules bind to these catechins, these complex molecules called catechins in the matcha, which means that they're harder to break down. And so it's basically nature's time-release caffeine uh, versus you have a spike from coffee. And then for many people, the caffeine is is starting to wear off within 60 60 to 90 minutes. Versus matcha. Wow, I haven't heard that second piece. Um, the L-theanine piece is something that really draws me to matcha because L-theanine really works. It really calms down the nervous system. As someone, like I said, who has struggled with anxiety, it really helps with anxiety. Um, but that other piece is cool. I haven't heard that. Interesting. Yeah, that the nature's time release caffeine, I think, is is going to be one of the biggest selling points of uh, matcha over the next decade and you're starting to see it more pop up more and more but um i think that that and i and i highly recommend people try good matcha you know like starbucks matcha sucks and and it does dry out like like coffee would dry out um but it comes ground for for most uh purveyors it's going to come ground and so for starbucks they're grinding the, the beans that day for the matcha, it's been ground and it's been kind of, for uh, many places, oxidizing and losing a lot of its value over the course of a week or, or two. So trying it at home, I think, is one of the best ways to, to try it. I agree. And the way that you know if it's good, high-quality matcha is that you want it to be really, really bright green. That's exactly right. Just looking at the color will tell you, um, okay, is this fresh or is it yellowish and oxidized? Yeah, or like I've seen it look really dark, like swampy green, and that's when you know it's not a good high-quality matcha or it's old and it's oxidized. Right. It, I Matcha 
the ceremonial, a ceremonial fresh matcha is my favorite color in the world. And I think for a lot of people, it's a really amazing color. And so if people, you know, just see it once and then they instinctively think that something's off visually the next time that they see it, then they're probably right. Yeah, exactly. So get the good high quality, get the like almost highlighter green matcha. Yeah. That's how you know it's right. good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I talk a lot about health non-negotiables on this podcast. What do I mean by that? I mean that no matter how crazy your day gets, you prioritize these certain things in your life because you know that they are bettering your health. One of my health non-negotiables is drinking a green juice every day. Back in the day, what I would do is I would go to the grocery store. I would buy a ton of veggies. I would juice every single day. It would make a massive mess in my kitchen. And then I'd have to clean the juicer afterwards and rinse and repeat every single day. It got really exhausting. And I know it's super good for my health, but it was kind of a lot. And I'm pretty busy these days. And I want to prioritize getting greens in my body without having to do all the extra and cleaning the juicer and all the mess. So I'm so excited that I found Organifi. Organifi green juice is just a simple powder that you can throw into juice, water. You could even throw it into a smoothie if you want to. It takes about 30 seconds. All I do is just mix it in a little bit of water and I take it back like a shot. That way it's super easy for me to get my greens in every day. The best part about Organifi though is that it's all organic and it's glyphosate residue free. If you're unaware of what glyphosate is, it's also known as Roundup and it's sprayed heavily on all of our non-organic crops. But unfortunately, thanks to farm runoff, a lot of glyphosate is starting to show up in organic food now as well, which is really concerning because the World Health Organization recognizes it as something that causes cancer. So I love so much that I can drink my Organifi every day knowing that I'm not getting a dose of glyphosate in there, which is really important because when you drink your greens, you want to, you want it to be bettering your health, not adding to issues by drinking something that causes cancer. I am so happy and proud to announce that Organifi is a friend of show, and they gave me a code to share with you for 20% off. That code is REALFOODOLOGY. So if you go to Organifi.com slash REALFOODOLOGY, make sure you also use the code REALFOODOLOGY, and you are going to get 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash REALFOODOLOGY. Organifi.com slash REALFOODOLOGY. I hope you guys enjoy. So what are some other ones? Let's talk about, um, I'm not familiar at all with choline, and yeah. I know that's in Magic Mind. That's right. Can we talk yeah. about that? So in, in Magic Mind, is liter- so I write the book, I think, it's, and it all comes stems from just the umpteenth, the millionth email that I'm replying to with some friend that works at Airbnb or, or Google asking me about, uh, asking me about XYZ nootropic uh, compound. I was just like, okay, I'm going to write everything that I know in one blog post. And then that became too long. I was like, okay, it's going to be a five-part blog post. And then that was so long. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this right. And I'm going to recruit my favorite doctor, um, the psychiatrist and neurologist, uh, Dan Engel, and one of my favorite researchers that I collaborate with, or, or really that I would lean on, a friend of mine from high school. Uh, she's brilliant. And I would just lean on her for all of the second checking confirmations on these studies. And I was like, could you all help make this into a, a really solid guide and we'll publish it as an ebook. Then a publisher ended up wanting to make it a, a physical book, but it's super simple read, super simple, like 45 minute read. But the, um, and so the, I, I, launched, I published the book and think that that's going to be like the end of all of 
the emails and I'm going to be able to just get back to work. And then everyone just just went to, okay, read the book. What do you take in the morning? I just want to know what you take. So then I had an Amazon list of buy these 12 things. That's what that's what I take. It's what I've trialed and aired uh, for, for years now. Uh, and it works. And, and it was about $14 a day. So I knew it was cost prohibitive for most people. So then I decided to uh, get a a kitchen in the South Bay of San Francisco to make it for me at wholesale and and then for my group of 20 30 friends that I know uh, loved that formula but just 100 you know 14 bucks a day was expensive end up getting it down to like three dollars a day and then that group of people ordering it with this funny name of James's magic potion it's just what I called it got to like 200 people on a subscription super simple. Um, just Shopify subscription without like a real Shopify store and in this kitchen shipping it out for me. So then I was like, okay, my entrepreneurial, I was very reluctant to build a, a company around this side of things. I didn't know much about beverages, but the uh, antenna, entrepreneurial antenna was going off like, okay, there's something here. But the, um, so everything that's in Magic Mind are my favorite, my favorite things. And it's version 3.5 of the drink so it's it's every you know where i'm constantly tweaking things um but cdp choline choline in general but um we use a version called cdp choline it increases blood flow to the brain and is really great for this lateral thinking creativity that we're talking about so um there's you have something like caffeine that is really great if you want to bust through a wall um, if you're you know driving for six Kool-Aid hours man <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but if you have a work schedule where you need to be able to jump from one context to another quickly, then you actually really don't want caffeine. Um, you want more oxygen to the brain. Uh, with caffeine, you have a vasoconstrictor. It's going to limit the amount of oxygen going to the brain. Um, so choline is great for uh, lateral thinking. And it's um, and everything that, that I'm mentioning will sound strange, but choline is naturally found in eggs. Um, it's... Um, it's found in, in all kinds of foods that we consume, but um, supplementing with it instead of eating eight eggs a day is what I've found has been one of my favorite uh, additions to my morning routine for that that creative lateral thinking. Cool. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, like I, I said earlier, I love Magic Mind. I really see the difference when I take it. Do you think that when when I drink my coffee in the morning and then I drink that side by side, am I not getting the full benefits because I'm drinking that coffee and I'm blocking no, some of those? No, it's, okay. no. And so that's what we recommend with Magic Mind is that you drink it alongside your current morning routine because it doesn't have much caffeine in it. So you still get that benefit from your, your, um, you know, the, uh, the love that people have for their warm cup of coffee, however they make it, you still get that. But um, but no, you don't miss out on anything. The um, If someone is drinking two or three cups of coffee, then they will have, uh, they're just going to be spiking their cortisol. And some of the, half the ingredients in Magic Mind, like I said, are, are adaptogens and anxiolytics. So they'll be, they'll be working against it, things like ashwagandha, rhodiola, um, bacopa, uh, but um, L-theanine, but yeah, for the most part, you're just you're making it harder for when I when I talk to people about that that car metaphor of the you know turning off the the check engine light rather than improving the engine. I also talk about the fact that when we are chugging coffee and it's not giving us more energy, it's also kind of like pressing the 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 pedal and the brake at the same time because two hours in, three hours in, 
your cortisols is your your stress is going to be there, but the caffeine won't be, and that's going to limit you from wanting to jump into your to do list, and or jump into your inbox or you know tackle that big project. So one of the ways that you can make it to where it's it's more of a pedal, not a brake, and uh, and more of the ways that you can just take boulders off the road to continue the metaphor, and to where it's a smoother A to B wherever you want to go are things like removing stress with adaptogens, things like that, uh, are things like um, city choline or CDB choline, choline, um, different names for it. Yeah, so those those things can help just smooth, you know, give you a much more smooth paved road from where you want to be to where you or where you are or where you want to be. Yeah. I love that. And what I love so much about this is, you know, something that I'm constantly striving for is ways that I can improve my cognitive function, my productivity without having all these crazy side effects. You know, like what we were saying earlier with the Adderall and even with the caffeine, if I have more than one cup of coffee a day, like I said, you know, I'm jumping out of my skin. Um, and so that's what's so cool about the discovery of all these nootropics is that now we're able to boost our cognitive function, boost our productivity without having all of these horrible side effects. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah that, I think that that's, and that's back to that classical definition was safe and not just, I mean, there's just so much, especially you go into these deep forums where there's a lot of really dangerous, um, unnecessary just testing so that someone can can study through the night. And so they're like, I'm going to take X, Y, Z. And not knowing that it really is this, uh, you're going to pay for that the other, you know, on the other side of that. It would be like, it would be, I mean, it's the equivalent of you drinking six cups of coffee, which is what I did on a daily basis. So it's now it's, I'm glad I'm in a place where it sounds ridiculous because back then it didn't, but you're drinking six cups of coffee and you're recommending that to people um, instead of uh, this. And that's why the the subtitle of the book is a sustainable approach. Instead of seeing where is this book, because there's three buckets. There's the uh, effective, but uh, potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. There is the ineffective and it's just all hype and there's no scientific um, backing behind stuff that gets recommended. And then there is effective and safe. And out of the 50 plus compounds that we cover in the book, there's really only 12 that we put in the bucket of it's, it's right at the perfect intersection of effective and safe. Um, so yeah, that's it. I think it's a, it's a good, um, call out for, for just people that are going to see this word more and more. It is, I think it's going to be, you know, we're entering this, uh, the mental health uh, and the mental optimization decade. And, and I think we're going to see nootropics more and more. And, and I think having an understanding of, okay, what am I signing up for? And, and, and ultimately, I think what everyone really wants at the core is to feel better on day seven than day one and to be able to feel better on day 70 than day seven rather than you feel amazing on day one and you feel like shit on day three. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love this. This whole, this topic is really exciting. Actually, you're making me even more excited about just making my, you know, having my magic mind in the morning and feeling really good about the choices I've been making lately and like slowly cutting down my caffeine consumption. Um, cause it sounds like the science is really following in that direction. What are some things that you've done around productivity that I'm always looking to learn? And I know that you're super smart on this topic. What are some things that that like that sleep advice that might be out of the box that you're like, whoa, this has really helped me. 
something that's really helped me. Well, I mean, I have a similar um, experience that you were talking to earlier that really for me was bringing my anxiety and my stress down. Um, there was like a multitude of things going on. Some of that was literally addressing things that I needed to address in talk therapy. Some of that was finding more productive ways to get work done. And a lot of that also was cutting down on caffeine and bringing in more adaptogens and herbs that really helped me curb that anxiety. It was really like a multifaceted approach. And once I got to that place, I mean, it doesn't mean I don't ever have anxiety anymore, but I really, there. I mean, I see a difference between like night and day difference of that. Um, so that's really been the biggest thing for me. And so uh, the the ones that have helped me the most are ashwagandha, L-theanine, like I said earlier, um, and holy basil has helped me a lot mm. too. And so it was a combination of just, yeah, bringing down my anxiety and also looking into more of this kind of stuff and trying to find um, alternatives to coffee to like boosting my cognitive function. There's another one um, that I take. I don't know if I could talk about. I don't know if it's like a competition for you, but um, no, it's called B Lick. It's called B Lixer from mm-hmm. Beekeepers Naturals, and what it is is it's uh, royal jelly from bees, and it might have ginkgo in it as well. I need to look at it, but yeah, that has yeah, really helped I think me a lot too. Well, and I think the world is. Um, I think it's so funny because I think it was 2017, 2018, Everybody would see the but first coffee. Like the, the yeah. that was like a, a cultural hashtag, and <laughs> and I think that was peak peak coffee because yeah. I think it was you'd wake up and you'd see okay everybody's obsessed with this, but then everybody's underserved by it. I mean, imagine if if you love something but you need four and five dosages of it, um, it's more like an addiction than it actually doing its job of of. What it you know its promise of keeping you awake if you need four a day if you need even three a day it'd be like having a car and you're like I love this car and I need three of them because yeah. they're always one doesn't down cut it need, one doesn't yeah. cut it and so yeah I think that that uh, the world's waking up to to alternatives that and, and also waking up to just the biological cost of of the spike stress and and I think you I love that you called out um, the anxiety being a part of that. Uh, the blocker towards productivity, towards um, getting things done, because I think that that was that is still really new for people to to hear that maybe it's not um, these things that you're currently doing and you need more of them, or you need a different version. Maybe it's actually this this completely different area you might not have been thinking about, which is I mean I, I think almost everyone would have low grade pervasive anxiety in the modern world where you've got, you know, 45 different unread, you know, text messages, 38 emails that all require different decisions in different directions. And anyone can reach you at any moment and, you know, jump into whatever block of time you thought you were going to get work done. So I think it's um, that, that aspect, I think you really can do more and stress less. And that sounds, that sounds like a, uh, too good to be true, but when you do stress less, it's the science is bearing it out that you end up being able to do more. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm really um, I'm intrigued and curious to look more into that, just because you know mine's all anecdotal. It's just what I've seen has worked in my own life. And you know, another thing too, um, a lot of Americans don't understand one the importance of sleep, and we're really not prioritizing it, and also our diet. 
And that really helped me a lot too, is really learning how to prioritize my sleep more, which to be honest, that's one I'm still working on. Um, And then diet as well, because I didn't even realize eating a lot of processed foods, not really taking care and nourishing my body was also putting a stress on my body. And that's a different kind of stress, but it all kind of manifests in the same way. Um, and I, I'm, I'm happy to see that slowly people are, are really starting to pay attention and realize like, okay, what I put in my body really affects my, the way that my brain functions, my stress levels, my energy levels. Mood. I mean, it's all connected. Yes. Mood. Yeah. Yeah. That's when the, by far the most read blog post I wrote was mental wealth. And, and it starts by saying that we have convenient, uh, conventionally thought of, uh, mental health as a synonym to mental illness. And I'm hoping that in this decade, we can accelerate towards uh, a world that's more like physical health, where when you and I talk about, it's kind of mental health is where physical health was 50 years ago, where you, you'd bring up health when something is going wrong, versus over the last decade or two, you'd bring up health as something you want to optimize to prevent something from going wrong. And I think mental health shouldn't be a synonym with mental illness, that we should be thinking about the investments we, we make in our mental health. Just like we think about investing into a, a new hobby, investing into whatever, you know, financial portfolio, it's it's these incremental investments that yeah. that make the difference. And and around mental wealth, I think it's um yeah, there's that stress diet. I mean, there's a reason, yeah, diet is the second the second bucket that I list. There's simple things like eating something that you're allergic to and not knowing it. I mean, I feel like everyone should do elimination diets just to see how they feel when they go through. If people want to Google elimination diet, it's super simple. And you just go through five, a bucket of uh, five things and you take them out of your diet. You just see how you feel for a week. That will tell you, is something having a negative impact on you? Soy or, uh, or lactose or um, there's a wheat. And it's eggs, wheat. Eggs, exactly. And so you go through the, the five most common allergens, food allergens, which means that there's a chance you could be allergic to one of them if they're the most common in the world. Yeah, there's and a pretty if, high chance too with the way we produce our food these days, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Right. And so you take those out and and that's a, inflammation, uh, 40% of, it's about four years ago. One thing that I also mentioned that's, that's um, one of my favorite aspects of the research is that in 2013 and 2016, turmeric um, which is in about 95% of Indian dishes, was shown to be as effective as Prozac as an antidepressant. I haven't heard this. Yeah, wow. it's, it is uh, remarkable. And, uh, and it's turmeric is $3 a pound, Prozac's $1,300 a pound, and it's uh, extremely safe. And it's uh, been shown uh, twice in peer-reviewed studies to be as effective as Prozac. And obviously, you, there is no big pharmaceutical company uh, behind turmeric that wants to publish, that that wants to get that word out there, that wants to advertise that this is extremely effective. Um, but, and, and Prozac... It's because they can't and, patent it. They can't patent yeah. it. They can't make money yeah. off of it. And exactly. So you're just not going to have um, the billion dollar ad budget to to make sure everybody knows this. But hopefully the listeners know this now. And, and that's something within... Um, within our diet that you can add to your diet that can have a really positive impact on your mood and it's tied to inflammation it's it's an anti-inflammatory and and it's one of these things you can add in your diet that um 
that is pro-anti-inflammatory. So you have a pro-inflammatory response of eating something you're allergic to, and you can counter that with a a pro-anti-inflammatory response in food like turmeric. Or we could try to dial back the thing that's inflaming us to begin with. And, uh, and eating something that you're allergic to can really mess with our system, produce what's called a, a, cytokine, spy, uh, a cytokine storm. And 40% of uh, depressive cases are tied to inflammation. And so in the last two years, I, if anything, within mental illness, the two most, um, I think the two most eye-opening trends are inflammation's role with uh, mental illness, which we just thought, oh, it's biochemical, it's, it's all dopamine, serot- uh, yeah, serotonin, it is going to be up in your head, and now let's focus on drugs that are dialing things up and down, SSRIs that are dialing things down up in your head. Um, but a third of your serotonin receptors are in your stomach, first of all, and second of all, it's the inflammation that we have that is also going to trigger what's getting released when or what's getting dialed down or up. And that trend of inflammation being tied to, uh, to and you can, you can imagine in nature why it would be helpful if you, you, you twist your ankle, a deer twists their, their leg, is hurt. They should have a neurosignal to go sit quietly under a tree. Don't go out yeah. and about, don't socialize, don't go feeding because you're not at 100% to run away from prey that might get you. And I think similarly, you you do something that sends an anti-inflammatory response and, and storm in your body or a pro-inflammatory storm in your body, your body's going to tell you, hey, Courtney, hey, James, go into a quiet room and, and don't socialize right now. And, and and then we wonder, what the hell's wrong with me? This I, I, yeah. I feel so out of it. So it, inflammation and its role with mental illness and then also psychedelics um, and their role with, with being effective uh, the data is off the charts for things like PTSD and anxiety. So those two trends, I think we're going to hear a lot more about when it comes to mental illness. And I think, and, and I hope we hear more about, especially the inflammation aspect, when we uh, start to consider mental mental health as being separate than mental illness. I, oh my God, you, I just love all those points you just made were so um, important for people to hear because I, I feel like, um, these conversations are still kind of happening on the outskirts. Like it's not really known information yet. And it's so important for people to understand this because, you know, I, I don't want to vilify prescription drugs, but if there is something that we can treat with lifestyle and diet changes first, and you don't have to take on all those horrible side effects, like what kind of what I was saying earlier, I mean, it's life changing, you know, because I, there's no, um, there's no disregarding the fact that a lot of people have been, um, have been helped by these pharmaceutical drugs. But what about a world in which we can just change up our diet and reduce inflammation in our body and then live free of all the side effects of these medications? And um, it's just cool that we're we're seeing the science to back this up now. And what you were saying with that inflammation and part of the reason why our diet is so connected to our mental health is we have something called the vagus nerve that goes directly from the gut to the brain, mm. which is why the gut is now being called the second brain, which I'm sure you know all that. But um, for people listening, this is why this is why it's so important that we we pay attention to our diets. Right? Yeah. The um, I'm a I, I wouldn't say I'm an advocate or a fan, but I'm very interested in in what's um, called the polyvagal theory that just talks about the vagus nerve being so key to 
um, to everything we care about, motivation, mood, um, and, and it's a uh, cognition. And there are really simple ways to activate the vagus nerve, I mean, it's like from the extreme cold plunges to literally humming and vibration. It's one of the reasons why we're so um, calm after during a, a, a car ride or why a baby goes to sleep is that vibration, they think, that vibration is positively impacting the vagus nerve, and and it's it's also exercise, which you get the um, the heartbeat, you get your heart rate up, um, you're getting all your muscles moving, getting blood flow going through your body, but you're also getting a nice a nice kind of vibration through your body um, that uh, yeah that that is having somehow having a really positive impact on on things like mood and, and cognition. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's I think that there's for the prescription aspects, there are people that that truly um that this is so peripheral to and they need access to that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's and that's core critical and beautiful that uh we have um I think it's it's truly beautiful that we have systems in place where pharmaceutical companies are trying to develop um, therapies for for people that truly need them, but then we have this other bucket uh, that I think that I know I have been in when I've been in twelve month, eighteen month stints of depression of waking up every morning feeling like what am I living in? This is just this feels wrong and off, and having no idea that well the six cups of coffee, the lack of exercise, waking up at different times every day and drinking the night before, that's going to put almost anyone into a malaise and then also having the stress of work and so by doing these these this, these things in this bucket of these buckets of of mental wealth i think you you build up this buffer just like investing for when uh, something goes wrong financially you have that buffer i think something similar can be a case a similar case can be made for mental wealth yeah, I love that. I love these buckets that you keep referencing too. I think it's really helpful for people to to hear that and applicable applicable for everyday life. Um, so before we we go, I like to ask everyone this question: What are some of your health non negotiables? So no matter how busy you are, how crazy your workday is, I feel like you might have mentioned one of these earlier. Um, but what are things that you do every single day that you prioritize to help you with your health, whether that be mental, physical, whatever it is? The the biggest one is waking up every morning at the same time and being religious about that. And it's still every two weeks, maybe something throws it off. Travel can throw it off, obviously. But um, but really sticking to that, and you really can, if you do it consistently, then you really can take a day off a week and you can recover pretty easily. But um, the other one is no meetings on Wednesdays and no meetings on Fridays. And that's, uh, you know, it's probably ancillary to, to uh, what what you might be asking, but to the spirit of it, that those two days where I have no meetings whatsoever, allow me to get the big, you know, the, that allow me to have really big blocks of creative, deep work to get the big projects off the to-do list. So they're not just weighing on the back of my mind. And oh my God, Courtney, I, it's like Tuesday night comes around and I'm tonight, I'm going to be giddy with the, I'll feel like an eighth grader on Friday because it's like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to actually get so much done. I can't wait. And um, Airbnb would do this. And it's and it was so great that the organization, um, a lot of the teams would institute this of no meetings Wednesdays. And it's so 
so powerful um, for both getting big blocks of, of work done, but also that random social interaction you want to have or the, the, the sister you want to call, the, the friend that you just want to uh, jump on a FaceTime with or go over by their house and get a coffee. It's like a Saturday in the middle of the week. And then the um, and then it eventually evolved into Wednesday and Friday because they ended up being my most productive days by far. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I have a similar thing where I only record podcasts on specific days so that I can have time to create and do other things on other days. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So for everyone listening, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter, at James Beshera. I'll send you a copy of the book uh, for Beyond Coffee. That. Um, beyondcoffeebook.com for that or magicmind.co uh, for magicmind and people can can use uh, we'll use promo code uh, Courtney Friends and uh, people can use it for I'm going to make this up and then I'm going to create the discount code um, right after this but we'll give folks let's go with 40% off wow. uh, to try it just because thank you I believe be, I believe people will will be uh, excited about it after they try it. But yeah, we'll do forty percent off. I'm gonna make. Awesome. I'm gonna write that down so I don't forget. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, this has been such a pleasure to have you on. This is such a great conversation. Of course, Courtney. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week.